Thank you for joining us this morning. And um, I want to thank all the people on tour anytime. And of course my app and Spotify who are actually sending in stories. It's incredible. It's really, really beautiful to see. And we're going to be reading them, some of them today. Um, this is probably going to be the last Hashkah HaPratis part of the series because it's the last week of Yeshiva. And um, I guess we'll have to pick it up in Italy. And we'll have our own Hashkah HaPratis. Really what we should do is, I was thinking, is we should create our own group a WhatsApp group of Hashkocha Protis, and whenever something happens, just send it in and give everyone chizit. Maybe we should do something like that, no? Mask him? He looks like he's masking. Beautiful. Baruch Hashem. Okay, so I want to do today, unless we get a tremendous amount of more emails coming in the next few days, I guess we'll, we'll do this again. Maybe we'll do it, you know, with the, uh, you know, with the Vatican behind us, or, uh, you know, we'll do it with some ties of Venice, you know, everything going on. This Hashkocha Anyway, so let's talk about some interesting things that have uh, been sent in. What's that? Right. Good, good. Okay, let's, let's mention um, some of the stories, some of the emails that have come in, and then we'll end Be'ez HaShem with an idea. So, um, okay. Hi, I live in Borough Park. I met you by your house in Flatbush, if you remember me. Okay. Um, so the story goes like this. My wife lost her phone. I was looking all over for it. It was very embarrassing. She had all her contacts. She couldn't find it. Two days later, I got a phone call from my sister if I lost my phone. I said, yes. She told me, listen to this. I was taking a car service, a taxi, and I saw the phone on the floor. I wasn't sure if it belongs to a yid. The battery was out. So I put the power on, and the phone got on for a few seconds, and then it powers off. In that second, I saw the last number was yours. And uh, was his, that was her brother. And his, uh, he said his wife went into the same car two days before, and that's only one of the stories that I see every day. Thank you, Hashem. Keep up your great work. Thank you. That's incredible. Again, small little thing, just to notice the Rabboni Shalom's hand in everything that we do. Hi there, Rav Wiesenfeld. Hope you're doing well. My name is a 20-something-year-old woman from, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Buenos Aires, Argentina. Did I say it right? Buenos Aires? Gosh. Argentina. Somewhere in Argentina... I listen to the Rav Shurim wherever I can. I've learned a lot. Thank you very much. Not casually saw the title of one of the Rav's latest Shurim on Hashkoch HaPratis and wanted to share mine. Until December 2020, I was a regular Mora at primary school and enjoyed it a lot. At the end of the calendar year, I received a video about a certain principal, high school principal from the America. At the time, I found her brief speech very interesting. And for a couple of minutes, I dreamed about becoming a principal. Maybe in 25 years. I'm, I'm still young. And I forgot all about it. Less than a week later, I was invited to serve as a high school manahelet in a very special and famous place here in Argentina. It was totally out of the blue as I didn't even work there. I have a very strong feeling that Hashem wanted me to dream and imagine myself as being a principal as a preparation for this new and enormous challenge. The hand of Hashem was so clear to me that whenever I share this experience to my friends, staff, and Tommy Dot, everyone is very impressed by it. Thank you again for the interesting and enlightening shiurim. That's also amazing. Again, the sequence of events. Unbelievable. Shalom Aleichem. I would like to share an amazing story with you. When I was a Bacha, I was once traveling from the U.S. territory to Israel for Yeshiva. My trip entailed traveling to New York and catching a plane in JFK. When I arrived in New York, I realized I would never catch my flight on time. So here I was, stuck in the airport for 24 hours until the next available flight. 
I tried to sleep a little and I learned a little bit but only a few hours had passed I decided to go to another terminal that had some shops maybe I could browse in when I arrived there there was an LL flight that had apparently just departed and family members were leaving the departure hall one lady, a from lady noticed me and asked me what am I doing still here which is quite an unusual question to ask someone in an airport I told her my story and she asked why don't I stay in a hotel I said that's very expensive and I can handle sleeping in the airport that was a bocha after all she said a bocha can't stay in the airport for the whole day here, take this money and stay in the airport hotel she handed me $180 of cash I told her but the hotel only costs 100 keep the change, you'll need it for your trip what's your name I said, I want to repay you she refused to tell me I was wondering what schus was this from then I realized that perhaps it was the $180 my mother had spent to buy an aliyah for my father on Pesach just a week earlier you never lose from doing a mitzvah thank you and kol tov isn't that amazing, beautiful it's a, be- a beautiful idea of Ashkosh Pontus David are you with me? David, yeah? Fasameya? yeah, Gavaldik Listen to this, Rabbi Sai. A few years ago, my first daughter was in Shidduchim. We read a boy, inquired about him, and were interested in moving forward. Before we were going to give a yes, my husband wanted to run it by our Rav and get a bracha. That morning, my husband went to speak to the Rav. I got a phone call from a Shadchan B with another suggestion. I was about to tell her, no thank you. When my husband came home from Shul, I told him about the newest suggestion and said I was going to call back and say, no, not for now. My husband mentioned that the boy's family had already called Arov, who told my husband, before we give back an answer to boy A, we should inquire about boy B. After a few inquiries, we realized it was not for us. I called back Shadchan B and told her it's not for us right now. Is everybody with me? I called back Shadchan A and told her, okay, we want to move forward. The next night, the Shadchan A texted me back with the boy's Dori Yashorim number. As I was going to call Dori Yashorim, to submit the numbers, Shadchan B, this is amazing, Shadchan B called me back, telling me she did some research, and really felt that I should consider boy B. I told her right now, it's not for us, and if I change my mind, I'll call her. I hang up the phone, called Dari Yashorim, as I was submitting the numbers, I realized that the last three digits of boy's A number were the same digits as my daughter's birthday, and the middle three digits of my daughter's number were his birthday. I couldn't help but feel the clarity that Hashem sent in the most unusual way. Thank you so much for your inspiring Yishurim. It should be a scuss for you, your family, and for you guys in the Yeshiva. Beautiful. That is really interesting. That's amazing. I hope people will go through that. Okay. Gavaldi. Asameh, are you with me? Yeah. Oh. So, the story goes like this. I made a chasna this winter. After the engagement... We couldn't get a hall as early as we wanted because of Corona. So we had to wait an extra two months. During that time, I suffered some kind of slip disc. And I couldn't stand or walk for many weeks. Thank you, Hashem, for making the chasna later. I was able to dance as well. Isn't that beautiful? That's amazing. Just to see that little thing. Now, I wanna, now, now we're going to end with one last. So it seems to be, I have not read this yet. I haven't read, most of these I haven't read. But it seems to be, I had to staple this together. There were so many pages, okay? So I say, get yourself comfortable few minutes to go. We have time. I want to read this story. It seems like it's going to be a very, very interesting and good story. Okay? And, uh, and then after this, I told you we're going to end up with a, a little thought. Okay, I wasn't going to share any stories, but the rabbi's third share, I felt that maybe I could share just one. It's amazing. That means maybe they have more. The reason for my change of heart was that I thought that just like money that Hashem gives a person isn't his money, but Kali Swell's money. 
So too, perhaps, Hashem causes things to happen to a person so that he can share them with others. That's a beautiful idea, I thought. Now, I'm choosing to share this particular story for two reasons. Number one, it's a topic that most people can relate to. Parnasa, cash. And number two, you could see how far in advance Hashem's Hashkocha is already in play and understand two Gemaras. One, when you look back and see how many things people had to be involved just to make one thing happen for you, then you can understand that the entire world was created for you. The second, I don't remember which rabbi it was, but Hashem told him that it, Rabbi Kiva, that if he started the whole world when he died, the whole world again, maybe he'd be rich, just maybe. Using the reasoning from the previous point, you could see how literally everything from the beginning of time was Hashem's Hashkocha leading up to every moment in time. Wow, this is, this is already, we haven't even got to the story, and this is already a powerful aside of understanding what Hashkocha is and how much it relates to our lives. Okay. Here we go, Rabbi Sai, my story. I currently own the company that I worked for for four plus years. Here's how it happened. To appreciate the extent of Hashem's Hashkocha, we have to go back eight years. After getting engaged, I quit my job as a catering and restaurant manager, as that lifestyle isn't very conductive to a healthy and happy Jewish family life. I was looking for a new job. At an annual fundraiser that started over a decade before in memory of someone who passed away, I met someone whom uh, I knew, whom I couldn't even call an acquaintance. He was the husband of a family friend. He asked what I was up to, and I said, I'm looking for a new job. He said that he might have something for me that I should reach out to him the following day. He, he introduced me to a network marketing. I loved it. I joined through network marketing. has the potential over time to create substantial income. I also needed something that provided a more immediate income. Just after starting network marketing, my old, my old neighbor, who I grew up with, and has long been married and living in a different neighborhood, introduced me to someone that she met in her neighborhood. He was also in the food industry and switched job for the same reason that I did, but found a way to remain in the food industry while still being able to have a Jewish family life. After meeting with him, his solution wasn't fit for me, but he recommended a job recruiter that might be able to help me. After meeting with the recruiter, although he was very impressed with me, he didn't have any offerings, openings for me, with the level of income that I was looking for. Although I possessed all the traits that the company were looking for, I didn't have the experience and qualifications like college degrees that companies require for the management level position I was seeking. After a few weeks, he finally got back to me with a sales position for an arts and crafts company that paid a meager draw against a 10% commission. I wasn't interested at all in the position or the amount of money they were offering, but I had no other prospects, so I agreed to meet with the company. The day of my interview... I almost cancelled the meeting due to my complete lack of interest in the position. But my wife and I decided I had nothing to lose by just meeting. On the way to the interview, right before the exit, I was pulled over by a cop. For what? I don't even remember. He asked where I was going and let me go without a ticket. The day after my interview, the recruiter called me and said that the owners liked me and wanted to hire me. I wasn't interested, but I told him I'll get back to him. After waiting another week or so and still not having any other job prospects, I reluctantly agreed to the position, I figured I'd try it out until something else came available. Four plus years later, I was still there, I grew in my responsibility and my income until there was no more room to grow. My wife and I were expecting our second child and needed more money. I asked for a raise and the owner said, why don't you just buy the company? The idea excited me. The company has so many issues, but there's so much potential for the right person. The asking price was $850,000. I was barely covering my expenses and in debt. I simply couldn't afford to buy a company. The owner said that he was in talks with two competitors, but if I could come up with the money, he'll sell it to me. My cousin introduced me to an accountant 
how this person was my cousin and how he came to know the accountant is also a total Ashkocha Pratis. This accountant will be able to help me evaluate the company, how much it was actually worth buying for. Together, the owner and I met with this accountant. The accountant look, only looks at the numbers. They don't take into consideration potential. Based on the numbers, he said he wouldn't buy it, yet alone, anywhere near the asking price. He also said that there's no way I'd be able to get the money. I needed through bank loans, and my only shot was from family. I didn't have any family I could turn to, but I wasn't deterred. I wanted that business. Maybe it wasn't currently worth the asking price, but it was an established business and was worth something. I pushed the accountant to give me a number he felt it was worth. He said he wouldn't pay more than $200,000. I went from bank to bank, from loan place to loan place, checked under every rock for money I couldn't get approved. My search for funds went on for months. In the meantime, the two competitors were very interested but the timing wasn't right for either of them, as they were both right in the middle of their busy season. They needed another six months before they could even look into it. Being desperate to sell, the owner didn't want to wait that long, and he was willing to come down to $650,000 for me. He also wasn't willing, he, he was also willing to take just $300,000 as a down payment and seller financing for the other $350,000. Even with this, I didn't have enough money to, even for the down payment. With Hashem's help, I finally found a company that was able to give me money from a few different lenders, but still nowhere near the amount I needed. My search for funds continued, while at the same time I negotiated back and forth with the owner to come down even more on the overall price and the down payment. During this time, the owner found an investor who was interested in buying a company. It was now between this guy and me. Whoever could come up with more money would get the business. This investor had no experience in the industry and only wanted to buy the business on a condition that the current owner stayed with him and helped him until he knew what he was doing, or if I stayed with the company as an employee and ran it for him. The current owner wasn't so interested in staying with him, and I didn't want to just be an employee. The investor was even willing to partner with me 50-50, and he put up most of the money. I didn't want to partner either, so the investor backed out. I was now the owner's only prospect, and he wanted out ASAP. We finally agreed on a down payment of just... A hundred and fifty thousand dollars to two hundred and fifty that to two hundred thousand dollars seller financing. Wow, that's a big difference. I was still a little bit short of the down payment. I needed a little bit more time to figure it out. In the meantime, the investor reached out back to the owner that he was once again interested and offered more money than what I settled upon with the owner. But the owner would have to stay on to help him. I was about to lose the company after I've come so far to almost make it happen. Just then. I was able to get the last of the funding that I needed, and we closed shortly. From the time the owner offered me the company until we finally closed, it was about six months. A few weeks before we closed, the owner stopped paying me a salary. I had no income. My wife was also eight months pregnant and had stopped working. The lease in my apartment was expiring in a month. I couldn't afford to rent anymore. Almost a year before I closed on the business, well before buying the business was even a thought, my father-in-law bought a two-family home and spent a year fixing it up. The month before we closed on the business, that house was ready. My father-in-law wanted me to move in rent-free. What hashkocha, what timing. The lawyer that I used to help me with the acquisition of the business was someone that a friend of mine used to work for and highly recommended. About a month after I bought the business, COVID broke out and everything shut down. Most of my customers are school, camps, nursing homes, hospitals, recreational centers, all of which closed. All the business that I was counting on to help me to cover the expenses were suddenly non-existent. At the same time, my wife gave birth. Baruch Hashem, some business was coming in 
and I was able to get approved for both rounds of the PPP loan and disaster loan. The old owner was able to qualify for the PPP loan based on his old payroll, and for about two months, he used some of the money to pay my payroll. In addition, on all of my loans, the first monthly payments were due for the first three months, and then they were all offering several more payments, months of payment deferral for those affected by COVID. While so many old and well-established businesses have gone bankrupt and closed due to COVID, somehow my new business is still around. Everything is really up to Hashem in His hands. At any time that it came up in conversation that I just bought a business and then COVID happened, people react, oh, what luck, what time to buy a business. But I tell them it's exactly the opposite. Hashem made the entire process so long and it finally worked out just as COVID happened. Hashem knows exactly what He's doing and... It does make or it doesn't make sense that something works out exactly the way it's meant to do. Just one more branch of Ashkocha in this entire tree of Ashkocha. A friend of mine was recently looking into buying a company. And since I recently went through the whole process myself, he called me for advice. I was able to refer to him the same accountant that helped me. It goes without saying that besides for all the shtadas that I did to get the business, the entire time I was davening to Hashem for Siyat HaDishmai, for guidance, and whatever is best for me and my family should work out. And whatever the outcome in is that I should wholeheartedly accept it even if it isn't what I wanted. I also consulted with my Rebbe beforehand to see if he thought it was a good idea to buy the business. Connecting the dots, he says. There are thousands of dots to connect and so many details of Ashkocha that I even left out of this incredibly long story. But here are some of the main ones. How I got into the catering is a whole story of Ashkocha that I can go back another four years, which would then have to go back to another four years. I learned so much from my boss in catering how to run a company. I even use it to run the company today. The fact that... I was engaging was what, promote, what prompted me to eventually quit once I got engaged. How I even met my wife, the reason is the reason why I quit catering is the whole story of Ashkocha. The fact that my parents were friends with a girl's family whose husband over a decade later introduced me to network marketing. The husband introduced me to network marketing although he didn't work for me financially. He goes on and on and on and I can continue but I don't think we need to. But the story is what he did was he, he took the most amazing story and, and he understood how so many thousands of dots were being connected together in his life that didn't necessarily always work out what he thought would be the best. And I think we have to end with this as well. Somebody called me up and he said to me, he's enjoying the series, but maybe you're giving someone the wrong sense of hope because, you know, great, we're generally sharing stories of amazing outcomes. Look what happened. I found the phone and I made the money and I managed and I got engaged. And but not always does it work that way. Hashkacha protest doesn't always mean that it ends good and it doesn't always mean we know and see the ending. Sometimes we don't ever see the ending. Sometimes things happen that we're like, why? But we don't understand because we never got to see the end. Or maybe sometimes it's in the negative also. But it's also Hashkacha protest. Everything that happens in our lives is Hashkacha protest. Whether we see the end, whether we recognize the good, it's all irrelevant. The main yesod, what we try to do over here, and Be'ez HaShem, it should be a chizik for ourselves, and maybe we'll even continue if we get more emails, and maybe continue on thinking about different ideas and things that happen in our own lives. But to realize that whatever happens to us, the Rabbi Shem is, is pulling the strings, we're merely a puppet in this world. The Rabbi Shem has everything cheshven out from the beginning of time till the end of time, including every moment that we live in this world and everything that happens to us, whether we see, whether we don't see, whether we recognize or don't recognize, what we have to do, and our obligation as we started the series, from many gedolim who said that the idea of Ashkocha Pratis is to give a chizik and a muna, because when we see that the Rabbanshu is running our lives, then automatically everything is by Hashem, and everything is going to be called Ovid, Machman, Latav Ovid. Maybe we don't always see it, maybe we don't recognize it, but we should know the Rabbanshu is running our lives. We should be zeichet to always see the Rabbanshu's hand in everything we do. Have a wonderful, wonderful way. Thank you.